The following Shi'or has been delivered by Rabbi Shaul Hamawi of Lakewood, New Jersey, and has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halacha Center. For more Shi'urim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. This week's parasha is parashat Emor. We have in this week's parasha a very familiar part of the Torah, which is the parasha of Shor Ochesev Oez Ki Valed. It's something that we're familiar with because when it comes to Hagim, we read this portion of the Torah. On Pesach, we read it on the second day of Pesach. And then comes Sukkot, the first day of Sukkot, we also read it. And outside of Israel here, we also read on the second day of Sukkot, three times a year, we read the parasha of Shavu Chesev Wa'ez. Why? Because as we know, the parasha of Shavu Chesev Wa'ez follows by the entire parasha of the Mu'adim. The Torah goes very at length over here in this week's parasha, <laughs> all about the Hagim. starts off with Pesach, and then it goes on to speak about Shavuot, and then the Omer, and then Esfirat Omer, and then it talks about Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, Sukkot, Lulav, Shofa'ah, Lulav, Asukah, everything. A very, very long parasha that talks about the Hagim. This is why we read this parasha, this parasha on the Hagim. But what's interesting is, is that when the Torah first starts talking about the Hagim, Let's see, uh, says, first it says, V'edaber Hashem al-Moshe l'mor, Daber al-Bnei Yisrael v'amarta alihem, Mu'adai Hashem, Asher tikriu otam v'kra'e kodesh, Elihem mu'adai. These mu'adim, that you're going to make them into mu'adim, Elihem mu'adai. These are the mu'adim. What's the next pasuk? Sheshet yamim te'asim elacha, Uvayom ha-shevi'i, Shabbat Shabbaton v'kra'e kodesh. Six days you should do work, and the seventh day is Shabbat. All of a sudden we're speaking about Shabbat. And then after that, the Torah says, this Pasuk that we say in the Kiddush, And then it goes on to talk about Pesach, all that. But it's interesting how, when here the topic is the Hagim, the first thing the Torah speaks about in the Hagim is Shabbat. Shabbat, what does Shabbat have to do with the Hagim? Shabbat is Shabbat, and Hagim is, is uh, holidays. So Rashi asks this question. Rashi on the, on the Homash over here says, Ma'inyan Shabbat, it's in Mu'adot. What does Shabbat have to do with the Mu'adim? <laughs> says Rashi, Lelamincha. You teach us. Shekola mechaler et ha-Mu'adot, ma'alin alav ki'ilu chaler et ha-Shabbatot. The Torah is coming to teach us. It puts together here the Shabbat together with the Mu'adim. Puts them in all in one, in one group. What does it come to teach us? To teach us that someone who keeps the Hagim, someone who keeps the Hagim, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, we give him, the Torah the, the, gives him reward as if he kept Shabbat. And it goes all the way also. Someone who's mehalel the Mu'adot. Someone who desecrates the Mu'adim, does melacha, doesn't keep the Mu'adim, doesn't keep the Hagim. It's as if he was mehalel Shabbat. We know that Shabbat is much more strict than, than, than Yom Tov. Somebody who's mehalel Shabbat, but minan has a shalom. It's a Yisur Karet. Karet, that's if, uh, if, he's, if he's not brought to court, he gets Karet. And if, he, if he's brought to court in the... In the the days of the Beit Hamikdash, they would give him sekila, give him uh, the harshest, the harshest death, death penalty. That's, that's someone who doesn't keep Shabbat. There's mahalel Shabbat, has shalom. And but uh, Yom Tov, what if someone does melacha Yom Tov? Does he get mita? No. Does he get karet? No. No karet. No mita. What is the punishment for not keeping muadot? What is the punishment for doing melacha? There's not allowed to do on, on, on Yom Tov. That, no, at the most is malkut. The most he was over a lot so he has to get whipped in the court. But there's no hayuv mita. So a person might think that hagim is maybe not as important as Shabbat. Uh, today maybe people think the other, the opposite. Because they're, they're so accustomed to Shabbat. So it becomes, uh, you know, 
But really, it's the other way around. Really, Shabbat, we keep the Shtom Mikol HaZemanim. Shabbat is the holiest day of all the different holidays. Even Yom Kippur, it's more, more strict, it's more strict than Yom Kippur. Somebody who does Melechah Yom Kippur, we don't give him, he doesn't have mitah, he doesn't get a death penalty. <laughs> so keeping Shabbat is even more important than Yom Kippur. It's more Kadosh Yom Kippur. We have more Aliyot on Shabbat than we have on Yom Kippur. But over here, says Rashi, the Torah is coming to teach us that even though Shabbat is very, very important, it's much more, much more, much more strict than all the other Mu'adim, but, says the Torah, somebody who keeps the Hagim gets reward like he kept Shabbat. And somebody who is Mechalel at Mu'adot, so in Shamaim, he would get punished. It's as if, they, they consider it in Shamaim as if he was Mechalel Shabbat. So as if he was Mechalel Shabbat. That's how the Mu'adot are very, very important. Just like Shabbat, they're very, very important, the same, the same exact as Shabbat. That's why the Torah speaks about Shabbat. <laughs> I was thinking, now that we have a parasha that speaks about Shabbat together with the Mu'adim, so I thought maybe it's very appropriate to speak about some halachot that pertain to when Shabbat is connected to the Mu'adim. That means, in other words, when you have a Yom Tov that falls out, Right next to Shabbat, if Yom Tov falls out right before Shabbat, so we have a special halachot that we have to know about the Yom Tov that's right next to Shabbat. So, you can speak about it for a long time, there's many, many halachot, but let's take one subject, let's take one subject for this Yahu, and that subject is the famous Ayruv Tavshilin. Ayruv Tavshilin, and of course, every time we have a Yom Tov that is on a Friday, Yom Tov that falls on a Friday, right before Shabbat. So the rabbi always announce, announces, everybody, don't forget, Eruvet Tafshilin, very, very important to make Eruvet Tafshilin. Everybody has to do it. Everybody in his house has to do Eruvet Tafshilin, right? Can't rely on anyone else to do it. You have to do it yourself. What is Eruvet Tafshilin? What is the purpose? What is the meaning of Eruvet Tafshilin? <laughs> so, really, I'll tell you, <clears throat> really, in the Gemara, the Gemara has a mahloket. The Gemara has a question, there's a difference, there's, a, there's two opinions in the Gemara of the, the purpose of Eruve Tafshilim. So let's, let's uh, go through the Gemara, uh, the, let's, let's, let's see the two opinions. Well, the first opinion says the Gemara, that, Kedesh Eishmor Manayafa the first opinion is that a person, when he has Yom Tov, Yom Tov is very, very exciting. And a person doesn't usually eat all year what he eats on Yom Tov. Yeah? And he wants to make the best out of it. And he invites his guests, and he invites his relatives, and he makes a big, big party. Yom Tov is Yom Tov. It's, you know, it's not simple. It's Simchat Yom Tov. It's Mitzvah. Simchat Yom Tov. So, the guy is cooking away the day before Yom Tov. Let's say Yom Tov is on a Friday, so he's cooking on a Thursday. He's cooking and cooking and all the delicacies. And he's so busy in his mind and in his body. He's so busy with preparing for Yom Tov that the Hachamim are scared that maybe he forgot about Shabbat. He's going to have all his delicacies on Yom Tov. He's going to invite all his guests to Yom Tov. And then this guy, all of a sudden, is going to find himself on Shabbat. The next day, he's going to be Shabbat. And he'll find himself with not much to have, not, not much to eat. He's going to forget about the Shabbat. Yom Tov is coming. Yom, Yom Tov is, so to speak, making him forget <coughs> about the Shabbat. So, since we're scared about that, we don't, we, we won't have Kivot Shabbat, right? We want the person to keep Kivot Shabbat. Like we said, Shabbat is the most important uh, uh, time of, of, uh, of Allah Hagim. So, Hachamim said, you know what we'll do? We're going to make a Takana. We're going to, we're going to make, uh, we're going to institute something called a Ruvet Afshilin. A Ruvet Afshilin means that you're preparing something on the day before Yom Tov, on a Thursday, the Thursday that's before Yom Tov, you're going to prepare this food for Shabbat. You're going to prepare this food for Shabbat. We're going to see soon what kind of food, but uh, people today use the eggs. Eggs is the, is the typical thing that they use for Ayruvet Tafshilin. So, 
make the eggs for when for, for, for you're gonna make it before Yom Tov, make it for for the purpose of Shabbat. Oh, now the person is gonna remember about Shabbat because he's setting a, he's making his ayru for Shabbat. Now they're gonna remember that there's Shabbat coming up also. So he's not gonna he's not gonna save all his food for Yom Tov, but now he's gonna he's gonna separate. He's gonna say, okay, all the food here is gonna be for Yom Tov, and all the food on the other side is gonna be for Shabbat. He's gonna He's gonna be borel. He's gonna separate the food. This is this is a good this is a good uh, this is a good meal. This is a good menu for Yom Tov, and this is the menu gonna, that's gonna be the menu for Shabbat. So that's what the Ayruf Tafshirin is coming to do: is to remind the person to set aside a menu for Shabbat. How does it remind him? Because the Ayruf uh, Tafshirin is a mitzvah that is, it's a it's it's a preparation. For Shabbat, this this I hope that he's making it is uh, is a preparation for Shabbat, and therefore he's going to remember to prepare a proper meal for your Shabbat. <laughs> That's one opinion in the Gemara. Second opinion in the Gemara is that the reason why we make an Eruv Tafshirin is not because of the purpose of Shabbat, not because of Kivod Shabbat, but it's for Kivod Yom Tov. We're worried about Kivod Yom Tov. What does that mean? It means that we know <coughs> that, of course, a person is allowed to cook. On Yom Tov. Yeah, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov. It's Ochel Nefesh. Whatever is Ochel Nefesh, we have a Pasuk in Parashat Bo. A person is allowed to cook on Yom Tov to eat his meal on Yom Tov. Not just he's allowed to cook. He's allowed to do any Melacha for Ochel Nefesh. That means you're allowed to slaughter the cows on Yom Tov. You're allowed to slaughter the chickens on Yom Tov. You're allowed to prepare. You're allowed to knead your dough. You're allowed to do all these melachot for eating. You're allowed to do on on Yom Tov. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's a limitation. What if a person has a Yom Tov and he's cooking and he decides, you know what? Tomorrow I want to make a lunch. Tomorrow's Isul Hag. I'm going to make uh, my lunch also for tomorrow. Make my sandwich for tomorrow. Maybe cook my whatever it is for tomorrow. Is, is that you're allowed to do that? No. Asul, asul is, the only thing you're allowed to cook for on Yom Tov is for Yom Tov. You're not allowed to cook for tomorrow for Hol. That's for sure. Now you're not allowed to cook, cook for Hol. And uh, not just that. Not just you're not allowed to cook for Hol. The halacha is also you're not allowed to cook for Shabbat. If today is Yom Tov and today you're cooking, you're not allowed to cook food on Yom Tov for Shabbat. Now this prohibition of cooking for Shabbat. It's not a Yisur Torah. It's not a Yisur Medoraita. We're going to see soon why. Why it's not a Yisur Medoraita. But it's only Yisur de Rabbanan. It's a rabbinical uh, uh, prohibition of not cooking on Yom Tov for the purpose of Shabbat. So now, how do we cook on Yom Tov for Shabbat? So this is what the Ayruf Tafshilin. The Ayruf Tafshilin kicks in over here to take off the Yisur. <coughs> to take off the problem of cooking for Shabbat. So in other words, the Ayruv Tafshirin is coming here to point out and to emphasize that there's a problem of cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbat. And that's why the Ayruv Tafshirin is here in order to take off, in order to retract this prohibition. And this is what the Ayruv Tafshirin is, is, is showing us. That there's a prohibition and we have to take off the prohibition. Why? Because Hachamim wanted to show the importance of Yom Tov. To show that Yom Tov is so important and doing Melechan Yom Tov is so important that we see that even for the purpose of Shabbat, you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov. So if you can't cook for Shabbat, so for sure you're not allowed to cook for Hol. This is what the Hachamim wanted to show, the importance of the Kavod Yom Tov, that even though you're allowed to cook, but... Of course, you're not allowed to cook for 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 a day that's not on Yom Tov. You can't cook on Shabbat, for Shabbat and Hakal Bahomer. You can't cook for Yom Tov, and this is what the Ayruv is coming to to emphasize, to show the importance of Yom Tov. To take a, yeah. So that's the two opinions in the Gemara. Now, the the Rosh, the Rosh says that we can maybe all, we can maybe think of a Nafkamina. That means that we could. That there's a, there's there's a difference in halacha that comes out between the two opinions that we just, uh, the opinions that we just said it, between the opinion that holds that Ayruv Tafshirin is 
to remind the person to set aside food for Shabbat, or if the Ayluv Tafshirin is in order to emphasize that you're not allowed to cook for Shabbat. Yeah, so one second, we just, we didn't, I didn't explain. So how does the Ayluv Tafshirin show, what, what is it, how, how does that take off, how does that, how does that retract that prohibition of cooking for Shabbat? The way it retracts the prohibition is, is that when you do the Ayluv Tafshirin on Erev Yom Tov, so basically what you're doing is, you're starting the preparation for Shabbat before Yom Tov. You already started this preparation for Shabbat on Erev Yom Tov on the Thursday, and now on the Friday of Yom Tov, whatever you're going to cook for Shabbat is only a completion of what you started on Erev Yom Tov. So therefore, you're not starting from scratch on Yom Tov. You're just completing. You're just completing what you started on Erev Yom Tov. And as we said, that this this is this is why Hachamim wanted to do this, to show that there is a prohibition, there, there, there's a problem of cooking for Shabbat. That, that's, that's according to the second opinion. Oh, so says the Rosh, what is the nafkamina between the two opinions? Says the Rosh, what if a guy wants to do his Yaruf Tavshirin a couple days before Yom Tov? He doesn't want to do it on Erev Yom Tov, maybe he's scared he'll forget, or maybe he'll be busy on Erev Yom Tov. He wants to do his, his uh, Yaruf Tavshirin on a Sunday, or on Monday. Yeah, Yom Tov is going to be the Friday. He wants to do it a couple of days before. Or, or we could find another case, a very, uh, much more practical case, that let's say you have two Yamim Tovim that are going to be followed by Shabbat. For example, let's say the first day of Sukkot is going to fall out on a Friday. So, the first day of Sukkot is on a Friday, the next day, the next day is going to be Shabbat. And then, so if the first day of Sukkot is the Friday... So when is it going to be Shemini Atzeret? Shemini Atzeret is going to be also on the Friday. Shemini Atzeret is going to fall out on a Friday. The next day is going to be Shabbat. So he's going to have to do it twice. Eruv Tavshirin. Could a person do Eruv Tavshirin, one Eruv Tavshirin for both? Could he do one that's going to cover both? The first one is going to be on the day before Yom Tov. The second, and uh, and the, and the, the if he's going to use it for the second Yom Tov, so it's going to come out, he's doing the second Eruv a long time before the Eruv Yom Tov. It's basically the same, same, same kind of case. It's, it's the same question. It's the same question. Could you do your Eruv a couple days before Eruv Yom Tov? Does it work? <laughs> so says the Rosh, it depends how we learn. What is the purpose of Eruv Tavshirin? It depends on the two opinions that we just said. According to the first opinion, that the reason why we're doing the Ayruv is in order to set aside some uh, menu for Shabbat. So when do you have to do the Ayruv? The time that you're supposed to do the Ayruv is the time that you're separating your menus. The time that you're preparing your food and you're deciding what you're going to eat when. When is that? That's on Erev Yom Tov. A person is not making his menu... On Sunday and Monday, before Yom Tov, a person wants to eat fresh food. So when do you cook your food? You cook it right before Yom Tov, right before Shabbat. The closest possible to Shabbat. So therefore, the Ayruv has to be done when? It can only be done on Erev Yom Tov. can't be done any time before that. But according to the second opinion, that all the second opinion is telling us is that we have to just begin the preparation of Shabbat before Yom Tov. And then on Yom Tov, you're just completing it. So what do I care... What's the difference to me? What's the difference now when you're starting the the preparation? Let it be on Erev Yom Tov, or let it be the day before Erev Yom Tov, let it be on the Sunday. When, whenever you're starting it, that's called you starting, and then on Yom Tov, you're completing it, it doesn't matter now when you started it. So you can do your Erev, Erev Tavshilin, anytime you want, before Yom Tov. So that's the Nafkamina between the first opinion and the second opinion. So the Shuhana Ruch, what does the Shuhana Ruch say? that we have to we have to be outside the both opinions we have to we, we have to try to cover all the opinions and therefore 
A person should not make his Eruv too early. He should do the Eruv only on Erev Yom Tov. And also, you shouldn't uh, use one Eruv for, for two, two, two holidays, for, for twice. You should, every time you should do the Eruv again, because there's a Halakha, you have to do it only on Erev Yom Tov. Why? Because according to the first opinion, like we said, it has to be done only on Erev Yom Tov. But, Bidiyavad, Bidiyavad, that you ended up doing the Eruv too early, or you only did one Eruv for two holidays, so Bidiyavad, we could consider it a Eruv. That means if he already did it, and now the Yom Tov is here, so we'll, we'll allow him to cook with, uh, with, with this Eruv. With this the Eruv is going to allow him to cook on Yom Tov for the Shabbat. That's Bidiyavad. But the Chathila, you shouldn't do that because, according to the first opinion, it's not good. According to the first opinion, you have to do the Ayruv on Erev Yom Tov. Okay, that's Halakha number one. Now, <coughs> as we said, as we said, you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov for tomorrow, right? That means you can't cook for your Shabbat and you can't cook for Hol. Now we have to understand. Of course, this, like we said, this prohibition of cooking for Shabbat is a rabbinical prohibition. It's only the Rabbanan. How do we know? Because Eruv Tafshilin is only the Rabbanan also. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that you have Eruv Tafshilin. Maybe there are some asmachtot, maybe some hints that Hachamim found in the Torah, but it's not a Din Deoraita, it's a Din de Rabbanan. So if Eruv Tafshilin is the Rabbanan, so, of course, you can't take off a Yisur Deoraita. Hachalim can't come and get rid of a Yisur Deoraita. So that means that the, that the prohibition of cooking is all it is, is only the Rabbanan. Why is it only the Rabbanan? Hashem the Gemara, why is it the prohibition only the Rabbanan? The Torah says that you could do Ochel Nefesh for today. So if you're not doing it for today, why shouldn't it be Yisur Deoraita? It should be a problem of Deoraita. So, the Gemara has also two explanations. Mahloket. Why is it the Rabbanan? According to one opinion in the Gemara, because that's what it is. Tolke Shabbat, Nasim Biyom Tov. According to Mina Torah, you're allowed to do Melacha, Melacha of Ochel Nefesh, even for Shabbat. When the Torah came and said, you're allowed to do Ochel Nefesh, didn't only mean for Yom Tov, and meant also for Shabbat. And why? How do we know that? Rashi and Tosafot have a mahloket about how does that work? How do we know? So, okay, Shabbat, Nasim, Yom Tov. According to Rashi, it's because Shabbat is considered like part of the same day as Yom Tov. It's like one Kiddushah. And therefore, Minat Torah, you could do Melacha, Melechet Ochen Lefesh, on Yom Tov for Shabbat. That's according to Rashi. And Tosafot has a different explanation, whatever it is, but that's one opinion in the Gemara that's okay, Shabbat, Nasim, Yom Tov. That's midoraita, but Hachamim came and said that it's uh, you shouldn't cook, you're not allowed to cook, and in order to take off the issue of the Hachamim, for that we have the Eruv Tafshilin. That's one opinion in the Gemara. Second opinion in the Gemara is, well, sorry, before we get to the second opinion, let's just point out that according to this opinion, it's only cooking for Shabbat. Only cooking for Shabbat is allowed midoraita. And then Hachamim came and put a Yisur. But, if a person cooks for Hol, if a person cooks for weekday, on Yom Tov, so that's a Yisur Deoraita. There's no, there's no such a thing as cooking uh, for, for weekday. It's only, the Torah said you could cook for Shabbat. And it's only Yisur Deoraita for Shabbat. But, cooking for Hol, that's Yisur Malkut. A person who cooks for Hol, he gets whipped. It's, it's a Yisur Lotar Sekol Melacha. That you're not allowed to do. That's according to that opinion. According to the second opinion, the Gemara says in Pesachim that there's a concept called Ho'il. Ho'il means Ho'il ve'i atu ho'im hazile What does that mean? That means that when a person cooks, usually a person cooks on Yom Tov for the meal of Yom Tov in order to eat on Yom Tov. Now, a person that already ate his Se'odek Yom Tov, you already finished eating your meal of Yom Tov. So now, what, what are you cooking for? You're cooking for, you're cooking for Yom Tov? You already ate. 
There's no, there's no, you're, you're making now meat, chicken, well, what are you doing after you finish your whole meal? You're, you're stuffed, you can't eat anymore. So what are you cooking for? So that, that, that should have been, uh, you're cooking for tomorrow. So tomorrow is the Yisur de What are you cooking for tomorrow? So then, uh, so the Gemara says <laughs> that there's something called Ho'il. Ho'il means that Mina Torah, we don't consider this cooking for tomorrow. Why? Because Midoraita, the Torah says that whenever there's a possibility that there could be guests that are going to show up in your house and they're going to tell you that they didn't eat their sa'udah and they're going to have enough time to come to your house and eat this food that you're cooking right now, so that's considered Mina Torah cooking for Yom Tov. That's considered as if that you're cooking this food for these guests, for for Yom Tov. It's a, it's a cooking for Yom Tov. That's why there's no problem of cooking after you finish your meal on <coughs> on Yom Tov. So that means, in other words, even if a guy has in mind he's cooking for tomorrow, which is Hol, there's not going to be a Zudah Not like the first opinion that Hol is a Zudah According to this opinion, because we have the Ho'il, we say that whenever it's uh, whenever it's uh, possible for guests to come and eat it, so that's going to be <coughs> that's going to be a isur. The rabbanah is not going to be isur. The the oraita, you're not going to. This this cooking is is, is allowed because you have the ho'il, and therefore this ho'il works for for your hall and works for shabbat. If a person cooks for hall, he's not going to get malkut because it's only isur rabbanan. Because we consider him in a Torah like he's cooking it for Yom Tov, for the guest. And also for Shabbat. It's only Suda Rabbanan to cook for Shabbat. Why? Because the Ho'il, we consider it for Yom Tov. And that's where the Aruf Tafshilin comes in to take off the Isur de Rabbanan. Mina Torah is no Isur because we consider it for Yom Tov. Hachamim came and decreed not to cook. Even though, even though the guest might show up, but still, you're not allowed to cook because of what the guy cooking for. He has in mind for Shabbat. He has in mind for Hol. So, the Aruf Tafshirin comes and takes off the Isur de Rabbanan. That's this, according to this opinion. Now, it would come out that according to the opinion of the Ho'il, it would come out that what if a guy is cooking a couple minutes before the Shkia'ah? The person puts on the thing on the, on the fire a few minutes right before Shkia'ah, and it's not going to end up being cooked on Yom Tov. It's going to end up being cooked on Hol, uh, sorry, on on uh, Hol, yeah, or 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 on Shabbat, right? So, is this gonna be a isu de Oraita or isu de Rabbanan? So, according to what we said, if you hold like the first opinion that anything, any tolke Shabbat, you're allowed to do on Yom Tov, you're allowed. To, that means, according to the first opinion, you are not just allowed to cook for Yom Tov. You're allowed to also cook for Shabbat. Shabbat. That's uh, the Chathila 
a person, because we have the opinion of the Ho'il, a person has to be very careful with that. The poskim are mechalek, the Mishnah Bura, and other poskim are mechalek between first day Yom Tov or second day Yom Tov. That means if, let's say, Yom Tov is on a Thursday, Friday, so on the Friday is only Yom Tov Shini, so Yom Tov Shini is not as strict, it's only Yisud Rabbanan anyway, there's no Yisud Rabbanan because the entire Yom Tov is only the Rabbanan. So maybe there you could be leaning, like the other opinion, that holds you allowed to put it on five minutes before Shkiah. But, <coughs> but uh, yeah, the first, if, if, if it's Yom Tov Rishon, which is the Rabbanan, so a person has to be much more careful. But the cloud is that that's something that we should take into account, that a person should try as much as possible to have all the food ready early on, on Yom Tov, and not to cook too too close to Shabbat, because if you too, cook too, too close to Shabbat, so this opinion that holds Ho'il is going to hold that there's a problem. Okay, now let's go, let's go on to the next halakha. What kind of food do you use for the Ayruv? So, as we said, the common practice today is Eggs, eggs, and, and eggs, or, and also bread, bread, pat, and if it's Pesach, so use Masot, that's what the common practice is. So let's talk about the eggs, and let's talk about the bread. So, really, uh, people might not know this, but there's a big mahloket, if you need, if you need bread for the Ayruv, or you don't need it at all. Because the Gemara says that Ehuv Tafshilin, Tafshil, what's a Tafshil? Tafshil is a cooked food. An egg is a cooked food. Bread is not a cooked food. So really, really, uh, if you go through the Sugya and the Gemara, and most of the Rishonim hold like this, they hold that the main, that the Ehuv only consists of something that's cooked. It does not consist at all of bread. You don't have to have any bread or matzot. It all has to do with a tafshil, with a, with a cooked food. And once a person has a cooked food, he's allowed to do whatever he wants to prepare for Shabbat. He could cook, he could bake, he could uh, light his candles, do whatever he wants with his cooked food. But <clears throat> we have the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam holds that in order that, that in order to cook, for that we have the cooked food. But in order to bake, you need to have pat. In order to bake bread, you want to make your bread on Yom Tov for Shabbat. In order to bake, it's not enough to have the cooked food. You have to have something that's baked. Something that's baked, you have to have bread or matzot. So that's why, that, that, that's what the uh, Rabbeinu Tam holds. What is the halakha? The halakha is that we should, the Shohan Aruch says, that the minhag is, we see the Shohan Aruch. That the minhag is that we are hoshesh for the shitav of benutam, and therefore we also do it with bread, like everyone knows we do it today with bread. But says the shulchanavuch, if you only use something cooked, you only, you only use tafshil, that's enough, that's also enough in order to bake. We don't hold it benutam. all the poskim. Hold on, Rabbeinutam, in the Tosafot. Tosafot says the Ri. The Ri himself argues in Rabbeinutam, but the Tosafot says that the Ri says that I. Uh, <coughs> I'm not. I, 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 uh, I'm not. I don't It's true, I don't hold Rabbeinutam, <coughs> but he says that uh, I don't want to go and do a ma'aseh <coughs> and do an action. That's uh, against what, the opinion of my uncle, Uncle Rabbeinu Tam. Uh, he was the nephew of Rabbeinu Tam. So I don't want to go against him, so I use bread. And uh, everyone uses bread. The main hag is to use bread. But it's not mere karadin. It's not mere karadin. Now, more than that, <coughs> that that's all if a person wants to bake. Because if a person wants to bake, then you have the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam that holds... <coughs> Sorry. You have the opinion about the whole that you need bread in order to be able to bake. But what if a person is not planning on baking? He's only planning on cooking or lighting candles. Right? A person has to light candles, but he's not, he has all his halot. He's not going to bake anything. So, in that case, you don't even need the bread. Even Then for sure, there's no anyan of doing the ayruv with bread. 
All you have to do is a cooked food, and that's it. That's halacha. The only time you need bread is only if you're planning to bake. If you're not planning to bake, you can only do it, you don't have to do it with bread, you, you can just do it with a tafshid. That's the in the Mishnah Buvah. Okay, <clears throat> now, what are we, uh, what kind of tafshid? So we said that the Minhag, the common practice today is to use eggs. But really the Gemara says that there's a big variety of food you're allowed to do with, you don't have to use only eggs. The reason why we use eggs is because it started the Minhag, since you need to have it uh, still edible, on Shabbat, you ha- the Ayyub has to be still good to eat for Shabbat. And let's say Yom Tov starts on a, on a Thursday, so you're doing the Ayyub on, on, on a Wednesday. For the Shabbat, it has to be still fresh from Wednesday until Shabbat. And what if it's hot outside on the Shabbat and there's no fridge, right? So it's got to be something that's going to stay good. So eggs usually stay good. That's why the common practice is to use eggs. Today we have fridges. Today we have ways of keeping things uh, fresh, even though the, for, for, for many, for, for a long time, for, for many days in a row. So, <clears throat> really, you don't have to, you're not limited to eggs. <laughs> if anything, some schemes say, I think the Rav Osner says, that once we could use something on a, you know, something a little uh, more mechubad, something a little bit more uh, better than eggs, maybe you use a piece of meat. You use a piece of meat is better. So, that's really what I do. I can tell you what I do is, is that we cook a piece of meat on Erev Yom Tov, and we do the Ayruv, and then when it comes uh, Erev Shabbat on Yom Tov, we take this piece of meat, we put it into the cholent, into the hamin, and then everybody is able to eat this piece of meat on Shabbat that's inside the cholent. That's, I think, that it's, it's, much, it's a better practice than to use eggs. Meat is much more hidul mitzvah than to use other things. But the person has to know it can't be with any kind of food that he wants. The Imra says it's only something that Ra'ul lapet bo et apat. Something that you eat together with bread. It comes together with, together with the bread. But something like, for example, something that doesn't come with bread. For example, like uh, rice, or potatoes, or noodles, or, or, or uh, cereals, daisa. All these things are not things that you eat with bread. These are things, these are the starches that you eat by themselves. They, they have the, the chicken goes with the rice. It doesn't. The, the rice doesn't go with the bread, right? So things that go, things that go with the bread or with the rice or with something that the pet So chicken, meat, fish, uh, anything that's cooked that goes together with bread. So that would be good for aruv tefillin that you can use for aruv tefillin as long as it's a kazait. Person has to know that the aruv of the tefillin has to be a kazait. Can't be less than a kazait, and even if uh, sometimes, right, sometimes on Yom Tov, uh, a kid might come and eat a little bit of the Ayruv. He can only continue cooking for Shabbat if he has a Kazait left. If it's less than a Kazait, then he lost the Ayruv. It has to always be a Kazait. But the pat, the pat, if a person is planning to bake, like we said, you, use, you, uh, you also do the Ayruv with pat. So that pat has to be, the Chathayla should be a Kabisa. Kabisa is bigger than a Kazait. So try to use a kabitza. Yeah. What do you do with the ayhuv? After what do you do with the well, what do you end up doing with the ayhuv? So as we say, as we said, the ayhuv has to always be intact during the time that you're cooking for Shabbat. On Yom Tov, when you're cooking for Shabbat, has to the ayhuv has to be around. If the ayhuv is eaten up or is lost, you can't cook anymore for Shabbat. Unless, let's say you started making a certain kind of dish, or you started to bake your, uh, you started kneading your dough, and then comes the uh, comes the kid and eats the ayhuv, so you're allowed to finish up the, the bread, you're allowed to finish up this dish, you can't start something else, you, you're allowed to finish up whatever you started. But the, the thing has to be intact. Once you finished, once you finished um, eat, uh, preparing for Shabbat, you're allowed to eat, you're allowed to eat the ayhuv, even though Shabbat didn't come yet. So <clears throat> that's what, yeah. Now, what if a person didn't make an eruv? What if a person forgot to make an eruv tafshirin? What does he do now? So then, there's a, there's a few options. The first option is that, well, as we know, the rabbi, the rav ha'ir, the gedol ha'ir, makes an eruv. For the entire city. That doesn't mean that you could just rely on the rabbi 
and just not to do Ayruv. The halacha is, every person has to do the Ayruv. The rabbi that does it for everyone else is only for a special case of a person who forgot. If you forgot, then he has to go to the rabbi and tell him, I forgot, and the rabbi is going to say, okay, I did it for you, and he can go cook according to uh, the rabbi's Ayruv. Uh, uh, and the rabbi who does it has to know how to do it properly. He has to be mezakeh. We're not going to get into that now. But so the first, uh, the first option for a person who didn't do daivuv is to rely on the rabbi. However, to rely on the rabbi only works for someone who forgot, and someone only forgot one time. Someone who did not forget, someone who just poshea or he was lazy and he didn't want to do daivuv, for him the rabbi's daivuv is not going to work. He's going to be. In, he's going to have a problem. He, he can't use the rabbi's ehu, and not just that. Uh, if a person forgot twice in a row, the second time, the second time he will, he's also called a poshea. He, he's not going to be able to to use the the rabbi's ehu. But if a person forgot once, or let's say he did the ehu and he and the ehu got lost, also in such a case he could be he could rely on the rabbi's ehu. Okay, that's option number one. Now, what if? There's no rabbi. What if the rabbi didn't do it for anyone else? Or what if he forgot twice? Or if yeah, whatever whatever the reason is that we said that you can't rely on the rabbi's ehuv. So what is the next option? The next option is is what you could do is um, you could cook for yom tov and you throw into the pot extra food for Shabbat. Why? In other words, and then that's not going to be a problem, because if you're putting, if you're allowed to put into the pot as much food as you want, and then putting, and then you can put the pot on the fire all in one shot, even if you have food in there that's going to be for tomorrow, for even for hol, that's not a problem. When do we say you're not allowed to cook on Yom Tov for hol or for Shabbat? That's when you're cooking something specifically only for hol. There's a lot of halachot about that, but the halacha is that if you're putting everything in the pot all at one in one time, and then you take the entire pot of soup, let's say, and it's placing it all on the fire, all uh, all together. <coughs> so that that uh, and of course, uh, what was he doing? He's he's uh, he's cooking for yom tov, and he's he's putting in also other food, extra food in there in the pot for Shabbat or for Hol. That's not a problem. You're allowed to put everything together on the fire all in one shot. Of course, you can't add more food when it's already on the fire for Shabbat or for Hol. But if it's uh, before it's on the fire, you can put in as much as you want in the pot, put it all together on the fire, and now you're going to have your food for Shabbat. That's another option <laughs> that you could do. Or another option a person could do is that you could go to your neighbor and ask your neighbor if he made the ayhuv. And uh, most probably he did do the ayhuv. And then you, so you could tell your neighbor that, hey, you did your ayhuv, how about you help me out? So what could he do for you? He could come over to your house, and you have to, and you give him all the food, all the ingredients of the food that you wanted to cook for Shabbat, you have to give it to him as a gift. He's going to own, maknekim ho, you have to be makne, you have to have him acquire all that, all your food, and then, once it's his, he's allowed to cook it, and after he cooks it, he gives it back to you. That's if the other guy did the ayhuv, and you didn't do the ayhuv, maknikim hola harim, you're allowed to be, uh, have him uh, take the thing, take all the food and all the ingredients, and he cooks it and gives it back to you. That's another option of a person that didn't do the ayhuv. You can do that also. There's another aitza, there's another aitza uh, of what to do if a person didn't do the ayhuv, he forgot, or didn't forget it. If let's say you have a two-day Yom Tov, like for example, we said, if Yom Tov falls out on a Thursday, Friday, so if it falls out on a Thursday, Friday, and of course we're talking about Chos Adalit, not an Eretz Israel, and this doesn't work for Rosh Hashanah. It's only this is this is what we're going to say now is only going to work for Pesach Shavuot Sukkot, which means it doesn't work for Rosh Hashanah. So <clears throat> if a person uh, forgot to do his Ayhuv, and it comes out on a Thursday, Friday, so then he could make the Ayruv on the Thursday, on Yom Tov itself. How does he do that? <laughs> He'd say, yeah, of, course we, 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 of course we know, you don't make the Ayruv ever on Yom Tov. You can't make the Ayruv on Yom Tov. But in this case, he could do something on Yom Tov. He has what to do. What, what could he do? He can make a condition. He can make a tonight. 
You can say, I'm only making my Ayyub now on the Tzad that today is Hul. Because as we know, why do we have two days Yom Tov? Why is there a Thursday, Friday Yom Tov? Because Fikadi Yomah. Maybe today is Yom Tov, maybe tomorrow is Yom Tov. If today is Yom Tov, tomorrow is Hul. If today is, uh, if tomorrow is Yom Tov, today is Hul. So, a person can take like this, he can take the, the Ayyub on the Thursday and say like this. If today is Hol, if today is weekday and tomorrow is Kodesh and tomorrow is Hag, so right now I'm making this Ayyub because today is Ayyub Yom Tov, today is Hol. And if today is Kodesh, if today is really Hag, and so what's going to be tomorrow? Today is Hag, where is tomorrow? Tomorrow is Hol. Friday is going to be Hol. So Friday is Hol, you'll have to cook on Hol for, for Shabbat, no problem, it's a weekday. So it comes out that tomorrow he'll be able to cook no matter what. Manashach will be able to cook tomorrow. If tomorrow is weekday, so of course he'll cook on weekday. If tomorrow is Kodesh, if tomorrow is Hag, so he did his Ayyub on Erev Yom Tov. So you can make it tonight like that to make the Ayyub. This, this is not going to work for Rosh Hashanah, because Rosh Hashanah is not or today or tomorrow. Rosh Hashanah is both of them Yom Tadami. It's like all one day, that's all Kadosh. So you can't make it tonight on Rosh Hashanah. But this is going to work for the other Hagim. There's a question if to make a bracha and such a ayyub al-tanai. So it's a fake bracha le'akel. You don't make a bracha for this kind of ayyub that you do al-tanai. But that's another option for a person who forgot to make his ayyub on Erev Yom Tov. When it's a two-day Yom Tov, he's allowed to make a tanai. And uh, just to know, uh, <coughs> when you have a two-day Yom Tov, Thursday and Friday, you can only start cooking with your ayyub. You can only use the ayyub to start cooking for Shabbat only on the second day of uh, Yom Tov, on the, on the th- Thursday night, Friday. You're not allowed to cook on the Thursday day. You can only start cooking once once the second day of Yom Tov comes in. Once, uh, well, uh, when, when the Thursday night, Thursday night, when the second day of Yom Tov comes in, that's the only time, that, that's the time that you're allowed to start cooking for Shabbat. You're not allowed to cook before that. Okay. Uh, what if a person already cooked everything on before Yom Tov? He has all the food ready. So, should he do the Aguf Tafshilin? The answer is yes. He should still do Aguf Tafshilin because some opinions hold that the Aguf Tafshilin works also in, uh, for lighting candles. How does it, right? We know you have to light candles for Shabbat. Now, what Shabbat? When do you light the candles for Shabbat? You can't light them on Shabbat. You have to light them before Shabbat, on Yom Tov. So, this uh, lighting candles is also a preparation that you're doing for Shabbat that's being done on Yom Tov. So, some opinions hold that this that this preparation is only permitted because you're doing the ayvuv. So therefore, you need to do the ayvuv. And when you're making the ayvuv, you have to mention also in the nusah that uh, that you're doing, that it's going to permit you also to light the candles. So a person should, light, should uh, do the ayvuv in order to be able to light candles. However, like we said, don't make a bracha. Don't make a bracha on an ayvuv when you're not going to you're not planning to cook because the mahloket. So Mahloket, some hold a lot of light candles regardless, whether you have the Ayyub or not. So, therefore, if the Ayyub is not really, uh, if it's only to, to light candles, you don't make a Bachan such an Ayyub. Oh, it's Yon. Chamezion Abashaul says, a bigger Hayyub, more Hayyub. He says, if a person cooked all his food, and all that's left now, he wants to warm it up. He wants to warm up the food on Yom Tov in order to eat it on Shabbat. So he's not cooking, he's only warming up. So it says, oh, it's yon, such a ayyub, also you don't make a baracha. You don't make a baracha for only warming up. Because, what is it? Warming up is not cooking. Warming up is a preparation. So, for preparation, it's like lighting candles. You don't, you don't make a baracha just for preparation. You only make a baracha in order to be able to cook. In order to be able to cook, then you make a baracha for the ayyub tafshilin. But otherwise, you don't make a baracha. Okay? So, Be'ezrat Hashem, I think, I think we're going to end over here. Uh, yeah. So, Be'ezrat Hashem, which will always be Zocheh, to be Mekayim properly, Yom Tov, Lachot Yom Tov, Lachot Shabbat. As we know, Avraham Avinu, the Gemara praises Avraham Avinu, the Torah praises Avraham Avinu, Aikev Asher Shama Avraham Bekoli, Vaishmor mishmarti mitzvotai, chokotai, v'torotai. Neimran Yuma says that Avraham Avinu kept the entire Torah, even before it was given, and even Ayruvet Avshilin, says the Gemara. Even Ayruvet Avshilin, Avraham Avinu kept. 
the Mephoshim are busy with why does it talk about Avogat Tafshilin? So the simple is because simple meaning because it's only the Rabbanan, like we said, Eruv Tafshilin is only a rabbinical uh, institution. Still, Avraham Avinu kept even the rabbinical stuff, even the Eruv Tafshilin. Some say it's a it's a Tausofer. Some say there's a mistake. It's not Eruv Tafshilin. It's uh, other Eruv Tachaserot, Eruv Tachomin, whatever other things. Yeah, but a, I saw an explanation. Now, why does the Gemara say Eruv Tafshilin? So you can explain because, like we said. According to some opinions, according to the opinion that we said, that the reason why the Torah permits a person to cook for your uh, Shabbat, cook on Yom Tov for Shabbat, the reason is because Ho'il, Ho'il, that since this cooking is really considered a cooking for Yom Tov, because guest might come and he's going to give it to the guest. He'll give it to the guest, so this is really cooking for Yom Tov. So, but Hachamim came and said, you're still not allowed to cook, and therefore we have the Eruv Tavshirin. That's how we explained before. So, says the Gemara, Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, who is the person that's known for the Achnasat Ochem? Who is the person who is the most known to, all, to have uh, four four doors in his tent and to bring in all the guests, even Ishmaelim, even Arabs, uh, and, and he does the best for all the Ochem? Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu is the father of all the people of the Machnis uh, Ochem of the people of. Uh, he's he's the, he's the no, no, nobody did Achnasat Ochem better than Avraham Avinu. So if I, after Avraham Avinu finished his meal on Yom Tov, if he's going to cook after after his meal, so everyone's going to figure. Of course, of course, Avraham Avinu is going to have guests. Of course, he's going to have guests. So maybe Hachamim, even Hachamim, maybe wouldn't have made a decree of not cooking for Shabbat after you finish your meal. Of course you're going to have guests. This, this, this is food for guests. This is food for guests. Why, why should Avraham Avinu need the Aruf Tavshilin? In such a case like Avraham Avinu, even Hasamim wouldn't have said a Yisur of, of no cooking for, for the next day. But still, Avraham Avinu kept the Aruf uh, Tavshilin, and that's the Ma'ala of Avraham Avinu, that he kept everything, even even Aruf Tavshilin, Zod Hashem, we should all be, uh, be able to keep all the Hagim, and keep Shabbatot, and Mesrat Hashem, we should have the Gura Shema, V'chein Yatom, Amar Amin. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a Halakhic consultation, monetary Bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.